Welcome back to Britzillion. This is Lizzie and I'm here with Hafa as usual. Welcome if you're new and welcome back if you've become a regular listener of the podcast. Yeah, so hey guys, welcome back. So this is Rafa. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. Today we are talking about some of the cultural differences you can expect if you ever move to the UK or resume to work. Yes, and it's a good moment for me to be doing this because I actually left my job last week um, and I'm starting a new job next Monday. So I'm kind of in no man's land at the moment, which is a very nice place to be, let me tell you. Um, but it's been a good time to reflect a little bit on uh, some of the cultural differences that you might come across if you ever work in a British workplace. Yes, definitely. And there are always plenty of new things like for you to get used to when moving to a foreign country, right? So from the climate to the food, from learning a new language to building a network of friends. But if you also be getting uh, a new job in another country, there will be many, 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 many cultural differences you need to navigate like in the workplace. So I'll be also sharing some of the information about the work culture here in Brazil, okay? Looking forward to it. So we've got quite a lot to get through. So let's get started. Yeah, so, okay, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is the hierarchy uh, in companies in the UK and Brazil. So, because I think there is a big difference, right? So what can you tell us uh, about the hierarchy in British companies, basically? Well, in British companies, um, there is definitely still a distinct hierarchy, um, but it will often be quite difficult to recognize who the senior members of staff are in a workplace unless you actually know. So why is that? This is because of the communication style that managers often use in the UK. Um, first of all, I think we're actually more informal often than you might expect from the British. Um, and also, um, sometimes when managers are giving instructions, they can sometimes seem like polite requests or just suggestions rather than orders or instructions, which I think could be quite confusing for foreigners who might be used to a more kind of direct style in their home country. Yeah, so can you give us an example? Yeah, so for example, your manager might say, Hafa, if you have time, you might want to have a look at the figures in that report. And in some cultures which might have a more direct communication style, like Brazil, for example, this could be perceived as a suggestion, but it absolutely is not. Uh, what the manager actually means is please check over these figures as soon as possible. So don't be mistaken uh, into thinking that it's a um, suggestion because it's not. Yeah, so this is really interesting actually because what you're basically saying that manager can often be quite indirect in their instructions, right? And take this quite polite approach to communicating with staff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think they often do. Obviously not always, but I'm just talking about my personal experience of having worked in quite a few different environments and when I was preparing for this episode I did ask a couple of friends that work in different sectors to me um, and they did agree with me and yeah although British managers will often communicate in this quite indirect way quite polite way um, their authority is not up for debate and you should basically interpret those requests as instructions um, and you'll often find that British managers will use this kind of indirect communication style when delivering feedback too so if a manager says Hafa, you might want to reflect on how you dealt with that customer earlier. This basically means the way that you dealt with that customer earlier was not good enough. So... <laughs> yeah, so I think like this is really helpful to know because in Brazil, we are generally more direct in our communication style. And these uh, subtleties, you know, like it'd be definitely be very confusing for us if you were like to work 
for a British manager. And I think it was actually because I had somebody like working uh, with me for another country. And then when he suggested things to me, I just said like, oh, he's suggesting. He's not actually <laughs> telling me, but he, he, it was not. So it was really confusing, I have to say. And yes, I have worked for three companies in my life here in Brazil. And in two of them, I can say here that, that managers are quite autocratic. So meaning that one person controls all the decisions. So hardly ever, I feel that it's open for decisions like collaboratively. It has been changing now, like in a company that I'm working now, but uh, you know, it is still a process. Yeah, so it's more like following orders, I guess. Um, but it's interesting that you say that because I definitely felt that a lot when I worked in Brazil, but I wasn't sure if that was just because of the particular company that I worked for that was the culture but um, in my experience in the UK you'll often find that you're given a lot more involvement in decision making and given quite a lot of autonomy to make a decision um, and I do think that a lot of managers myself included tend to take on more of a coaching style of management where they're more of kind of a sounding board um, to help you make decisions and solve problems rather than to boss you around and tell you what to do so I think I definitely found that a bit of a, an adjustment when I came back to the UK because I had got used to this um, style in Brazil, to be honest. Yeah, I see. It must have been like really different for you. But what can you say about the communication style in Brazil? I think like regarding the communication, it's very common that you receive from your managers uh, what you have to do, right, without them using might perhaps, which goes back to the idea of being like autocratic, as I have mentioned before. So I remember, for instance, receiving uh, an email saying that I would teach X groups at a certain time with the sentence at the end of the email, we count on you. Uh, but I literally couldn't teach at the time during like personal appointments. And this is a story of my life. I often receive an email saying that, oh, you have to teach at this time, but they never ask me what time I should actually teach. There is some kind of negotiation involved, but... Every time that I have like to say no, it's really difficult. So there is always something like coming up and they expect us to be fully available, even though we shouldn't. Yeah, that's really difficult. It's hard to say no. Isn't it? Well, saying no sometimes isn't an option. Yeah. And then I feel like every time that I have to say no, it's like giving birth to a babe, literally, because it's so painful <laughs> to, to say no here in our Brazilian culture. We always uh, try to find, you know, an excuse to say no. And then we need to be a plausible one. So it's not like saying like, sorry, I can't do this. I need to tell the holy story behind of why <laughs> I can't do this. This is really frustrating. Yeah, I do remember being sort of told rather than asked when I was working in Brazil. Um, and I think if this kind of situation of being asked to or told to work beyond your kind of working hours or beyond your job description in the UK, um, it will often be framed as a request, as I mentioned before, rather than a, a demand. So, you know, it might be framed as, oh, we We've got these courses coming up and um, we're going to need some support in delivering them. We were wondering if you could make yourself available rather than just telling the person that they're doing it. Yeah, definitely. They were not wondering. They were actually informing you. <laughs> exactly. And I would still understand it as you're doing it. But I think I would really appreciate being asked, even though I know basically I have to do it. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, I super understand you. So what advice would you give to uh, someone managing people in the UK like for the first time? Um, I think it's just worth being aware of the fact that in the UK, you don't necessarily need to assert your authority aggressively to get respect. Um, I do think we respect the hierarchy um, without 
managers needing to adopt that very sort of autocratic management style. Um, and I do think you kind of have to earn respect. I don't think people will respect you out of fear around job security and things like that in the way that they sometimes do in Brazil. Yeah, so that advice is uh, actually a very good one because I feel that another big difference in Brazil is that it's quite common to be friends with your managers. And I feel it's kind of, um, you know, like a fear of a job security. So being on the good side of the manager and doing what they are told is a way of keeping their job. So keeping your job, basically, uh, in my opinion, okay? And also, when I say, like, friends, I literally mean, like, hanging out with them out of the workspace, telling him or her about your life, gossiping, and much more, like, with your managers. So this is something very, very different here. So. Definitely. Um, I did notice this as well, that people really want to be friends with the manager. Um, and, yeah, it was something quite new for me. Yeah, and another point that I would like here to, to make, not a point, but sharing a story here, I have worked with a person from Portugal whose approach to people was very different to what we were used to here in Brazil, right? So I remember like many of my co-workers saying that he was too cold, um, the same experience that you had, right? So that you shared with us. But basically, in a nutshell, like mixing friendship and work, especially with managers, is something very, very much common here from my perspective. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, because if you're talking about the person that I think you're talking about, because I think we were managed by the same person, um, I actually found it really easy to be managed by that person, because I felt like there was like a mutual understanding that he was the manager, I was the employee, and that was fine. Like, I wasn't looking for anything more from the relationship. That, that is really interesting, actually. Okay, and how does it compare, like, to the UK? Can you share with us, like, some other things? Well, I work in a workplace which is quite relaxed and informal. So it's quite common to have lunch with your manager or go out to the pub after work together. However, I would never regard my boss as a friend, exactly. Um, because I think it's important to keep a bit of professional distance um, bete between you. And I actually think a lot of British people feel this way. <laughs> I think now I have a more of a British uh, style because I didn't have like this perception in the past before actually talking to you because you changed my mind. Uh, because here, basically, uh, when I went like to the workplace, I thought that I had like to be really good friends with my manager. But I don't have to be. I don't need like to seek this friendship like uh, to be in the job. So I find your way of approaching the workplace much more in line of what I think now. So because you know I'm more reserved person, I don't like like sharing everything. So keeping these boundaries here of not sharing my personal life with managers is something that I try to do right now, and I've been trying actually. Yeah, it must be hard though to kind of maintain that distance sometimes just because of the culture in Brazil like people like to be friends like to consider each other friends like regardless of the context I think it is it's very difficult so that's why I've been trying right so it's not like something that I changed it like completely but you know like how, how was it for you when you were here um I definitely did notice that um the professional lines between managers and employees was very blurred um which I think can be nice sometimes like it's it's nice to get to know people at work and you know it's nice to obviously have good relationships but I do think it can throw up challenges sometimes when the employee regards the manager as a friend because obviously sometimes the manager has to take some business decisions that the employee might not like or deliver negative feedback which is a completely normal part of management um, or worst case scenario they might actually need to fire you and I think people take this so much more personally when they think that it's come from a friend rather than just a manager. Yes, definitely. I've seen this in, in Brazil. So I agree with this point of giving like negative feedback. It can be very difficult here in my culture, right? I might be wrong, but I feel like it can be quite a drama here, to be honest. 
Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it, when you don't have that distance? Um, I definitely feel like in the UK we have a bit of an unspoken boundary. Um, so I think we take sort of negative feedback and things like that much less personally. And basically, we're friendly with our managers, but we're not friends exactly. And there's definitely an understanding that you can like a person, respect them, get along well, have lots of jokes at work. But at the end of the day, they're your boss and that's where the relationship ends. Yeah, I think like this is really important to you know that like, in the UK, don't expect your boss to regard as a friend. I think like this is a big difference that we are having here now, right? Definitely. And also you might find that when you actually leave the workplace that you might become friends. But I think during the time that you're actually being managed by that person, um, don't expect them to consider you a friend, I would say. Okay, so let's move on here and talk about all the topics now here regarding like the workplace uh, okay so how about relationship with colleagues because we also tend to have a very close uh, friendships with them right here in brazil which means that we do not share uh, just like enough about our outside interests to give a glimpse of our personality we tend like to overshare uh, our personal lives and things that we super like so how is that for you uh, well in a British workplace you'll often find that there's a lot of sort of banter jokes sarcasm um, which is really nice I find it very fun working in a British office for that reason however the concept of friendship in a British workplace um, can be very different to in Brazil um, and we often say that we have a friendship up to a point, but I don't think British people generally go to work to make friends. Like, I definitely don't. Um, so if you're ever coming to work in the UK, particularly in London, don't expect your colleagues to invite you to their house or hang out with you on the weekend. Of course, it can happen. Um, I have definitely made friends through work in the past, um, but it's quite rare. And I think it takes a while to get to that point. So um, I would just say that if you do come to the UK, um, don't expect work to necessarily necessarily open up a, a big network of friends for you straight away because um, it sometimes doesn't happen like that quite often actually. Can you say a little bit more about like having friendships up to a point so what exactly do you mean? Uh, I mean so you'll go for lunch with people um, you'll definitely go to the pub together on weeknights or on a Friday um, but we generally keep kind of home and work quite separate um, and although I do regard some of my colleagues as friends I've worked in the same company for three years I've just left actually as I said <laughs> um, and I do really enjoy socializing with my colleagues from the job um, but they're in no way my best friends or my main group of friends um, and I definitely have um, friends and a life completely separate to work I think most people do and yeah just to put it in context I've never seen my work colleagues on a weekend I probably wouldn't invite them to my birthday party and I wouldn't invite them to my wedding if I got married um, they're definitely like weekday friends but as I said I have now left that job so I do hope that those sort of colleague friendships do develop into kind of deeper friendships I think they will but you never know really until you leave in the UK so yeah it's really interesting what you said because we do all the things that you do here in Brazil but we the difference here is that we consider them to be like proper friends I think like this is the biggest difference here right Definitely. And just adding here one point, it's very common to invite all of your colleagues to your wedding. <laughs> so it might be strange, but you know, like not just your wedding, your wedding, your birthday. And if you do not invite them, it might be, you know, an offense, actually, if you don't invite them, like to come to your parties that you are like throwing. So it does not matter if you actually know this person, if this person is a close friend or not. So you should invite. There's a very like culture difference that we have. Yeah, it's interesting actually. My my partner said that too. That he was like, if we got married, like in the Brazil, you have to invite all your colleagues. And I was like, wow. In the UK, 
obviously if you're good friends you you might do but um i wouldn't say it's standard to yeah. to do that i think like that's why i hate like throwing birthday parties here because i always feel obliged to invite like people i don't want to just for the sake of like this cultural aspect of my country like there are many people in my birthday that i never like spoke more than <laughs> hi hello how are you but i invite him or her you know. It's my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> But one thing I just wanted to mention here is the importance of after work drinks in the UK. Um, the pub is definitely the place where you will form relationships with your British colleague. Um, and going for drinks every week with the whole team is very common in the UK. Um, you know, managers and you know people at all levels of the company will often go to the pub together. So don't be surprised if people do invite you to the pub. So basically, what you're saying here, if you want like to form bonds with your leagues it's worth going along is that what you're saying definitely if you get invited to the pub do you go along um it's really common for everybody to have a drink together as you know the british do like a drink we've got an excessive drinking culture so if you do go along to after work drinks don't be surprised if you see your manager and your colleagues getting very drunk on a friday night and then coming into work on monday as if nothing happened very professional um it's actually quite funny to be honest really and that's like socially acceptable yeah Getting drunk is definitely not frowned upon um, as much in the UK as it is in Brazil, in my opinion, um, especially amongst women, because I did notice in Brazil that it's kind of acceptable for men to get drunk, but really not for women to get drunk. People don't like it, which somebody should have told me when I arrived in Brazil, because I do like a drink. <laughs> yeah, let, let me just ask you a question, because this is a cultural thing here. Uh, in the end of the year, like we have like a party, like with everyone like from the company. Uh, do you also have that or you go to a pub? We do. Most companies will have a Christmas party and it's a massive, massive deal. Um, they're really good fun. But can um, you get drunk when you're there? <laughs> absolutely. It's kind, of, it's kind of expected to get drunk. And I have to say, when I was in Brazil, when there were the company parties, I couldn't believe how tame they were. I was like, wow, this is quite boring, to be honest. Yeah, that's uh, my point here, because we drink like <laughs> very socially, like just one or two sips, that's fine. I'm not getting drunk here. So I don't want to be the talk of tomorrow like people saying oh yeah no people do like to let their hair down definitely in the pub and um yeah christmas parties especially um uh, let, let me move here to another point because uh, it's very like cultural in your country like for you to drink a lot right and this is socially acceptable what if you we are not like a big drinker what do we do well you're definitely not under any pressure to actually drink alcohol many people don't drink alcohol in the uk um for a number of different reasons so do go along because this is your opportunity to form those all important working relationships uh, and you'll definitely have a few stories to tell to be honest yeah that's nice what else can you share oh one thing that i would actually say um is in the uk if there are sort of after work drinks happening or work parties don't be surprised if your partner is not invited i know a few couples in the uk brazilian couples and this has caused a few problems because they were just like why am i not invited like what's happening at this work party that is so secret this is a very nice point uh, like raised here because it's very common that couples generally like socialize together here in my country uh there's some kind of like suspicion around what's happening at that party that I cannot come with you right and you know like the person is very jealous so it kind of like annoys me as well because I'm always asked uh, why I'm a certain place without my husband so where's your husband where's your husband I said like he's at home oh he doesn't like socializing with us and I said no that's not that so I didn't invite him why you did not invite him and then I need to kind of like going explain why I did not invite him so this is really annoying here yes 
but if you do ever live in the UK and your partner goes out without you for the work drinks, do not worry. There is nothing to worry about. Um, it's just that it's not really part of the culture. We kind of keep our work and home life pretty separate. Yeah. So yeah, if you don't get a plus one on every invitation, don't be surprised or offended. Yeah, I think like get a life, right? I think you can socialize without having a partner around you all the time. So you need to actually do things without him or her. Uh, this is my opinion, right? So. Totally agree. So just moving on here, I would like to know how you found it working here in a Brazilian workplace. Uh, for me personally, it was a massive plus that Brazilians kind of wanted to form proper friendships with colleagues. Because obviously I was a foreigner living abroad, so I wanted to make friends and experience the culture. And obviously you don't really do that until you have friends from the place. So yeah, it was a massive plus for me. Um, and I also like the way that people were generally quite informal and open with each other. Um, and this is definitely something I've brought back to the UK with me. I don't have so much of a work persona anymore um, because as we know, the British are quite private. And you can sometimes work with people for a number of years and not really get to know them at all. So this was definitely a nice thing about working in Brazil. Yeah, it's really nice that you changed it, actually, your persona. But are there any downsides of working, like in terms of relationships in Brazilian workplace? Um, just I think that thing around boundaries that we talked about, that I think um, I felt like some of my colleagues were very emotionally involved with the people and the place. So things were taken much more personally. Um, so I think sometimes if you just leave work at the door, at the office door, <laughs> it can actually be quite helpful and just, you know, your life has less drama. Yeah, I think this is really nice that you said. So what I'm sharing here is from my perspective here in the company that I work because my partner, he works in another company, obviously. And then definitely when he leaves his work, this uh, he doesn't like talk about this any longer. So it definitely... It's there, right? So at the office door. So why for me, it's quite different because there's always something like coming up. So teacher's life can be quite like uh, a drama, you know, like, so there is always something going on. You always like have things to share. So it's never like, you never stop like talking about your work. I don't know. I feel like you felt the same when you were here. Definitely. I think it's, I think you have to be quite emotionally involved in teaching, to be honest, like to some extent. But yes, it's nice when you can leave it at the door and forget. <laughs> Yes. So, and the next thing that I would like to talk about is how you should greet people in the workplace. Because, you know, it's very common, like, to greet people uh, with a kiss on the cheek whenever, like, you meet them. And I remember, like, quite well that I was, like, to do this with you when I first met you. And then you rapidly gave me uh, your hands for a handshake. Uh, I think, like, we were, like, in the teacher's room or something. And it was a very awkward situation because I didn't know what to do. And then you gave me a handshake. And I said, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's very different in the UK. We would never kiss somebody on the cheek like in the workplace unless they were somebody we'd known for many years and they were somebody that we kind of considered a friend. Or if it was in a group of people that all kind of knew each other, they would probably kiss you on the cheek as well. But I would say it almost never happens. Um, so it's something that you won't really see in British workplaces at all. And um, yeah, I did find it very awkward at the beginning in Brazil. Like definitely got used to it after like a few years. Um, yeah, I remember I have one colleague in particular. He's such a nice guy. But he used to always kiss me on the cheek. And um, I used to just find it very intense at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> It's like having another relationship, right? I know. I was like, oh, personal space, please. But, you um, know, like, it's funny because in Sao Paulo, it's just one kiss. In real, if I'm not mistaken, it's two. It is, yeah. It's even more confusion for the gringos. <laughs> so in a British workplace, um, we shake hands. So 
you don't need to shake hands every time you see somebody around your office. But if you're meeting somebody for the first time or you're seeing them for the first time in a while, we will usually shake hands. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. What else? So I was wondering, how do you actually address people in a Brazilian workplace? Hmm. This is really nice, actually. I want to share this with you. Because, you know, uh, it, you might find this very strange how we like we tend to actually address people. Because, you know, I have a friend, for example, and then we usually use like nicknames. So, for example, in my friend, I call him like Viado, which is basically translating to an animal called deer. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that me gay? Isn't that yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, like we have very close friends and then it's not offensive for us, like, to say viado, viado. So we definitely call each other, viado, viado, come here. You know, like, apart from just, like, calling people with nicknames that we also have here, we can also go for the diminutivo, which is basically, like, adding little to the words in your language, like in English. So we can use inu. So, for example, Paula, we just say, like, Paulinha. Or Marcia, we can say Marcinha. So can I say I'm Lizinha? Yes, obviously, you can. <laughs> Yes. I love that. Um, so in the UK, with colleagues and managers, we use first names and kind of the same as in Brazil. If it's like a colleague, we'll often use like a nickname or, you know, a shortened name. Um, but when dealing with client, um, we'll often use sir or madam. It depends on the context, but in a lot of environments. Um, and also when you're dealing with kind of older customers, it's quite nice to use their full name, like Mr. Jones, Mrs. Patel, unless they give you permission to use their first name. So with colleagues, we're quite informal, but sometimes with clients, we have to be a little bit more formal in the UK. Can I ask you something? How do I know when the person gave me the permission to use the first name? Because they'll say, oh, call me Lizzie. Easy, okay. So that's very helpful to know, actually, because I never know. Should I use the surname? Should I use the first name? What should I use now? It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like particular environments. Like if you ever work in a bank, for example, they will call you Mr. Webster. Okay, another thing I wanted to talk about is about communication in the workplace. Um, I've already mentioned that managers can use this quite indirect style of giving instructions but there are some other things that are worth being aware of if you ever work in a British workplace. Uh, so okay what can you tell us? So as you know the British are famous for their sarcastic humour and irony and you really need to be ready for this if you work in a British workplace because it's a big part of how we communicate. Um, so understatements and euphemisms are often used and you need to be able to recognise them um, and know when someone's trying to sort of in directly emphasize a point. Can you give us an example? Yeah, so for example, um, your colleague might say, oh, don't worry, that report you asked me to write only took me about two hours, uh, when actually it took about five days. Um, and this is just a lighthearted way to say that they were happy to complete the report, even though it took a really long time. Really? But can you actually notice uh, this kind of sarcasm, like, oh, it did not take like two hours for you? Can you actually tell when a person is saying this or that. I think it's because you would already know that it had taken a long time. So they would just be like joking with you. So in... You know, like the person is joking. So would you be fine with it? So people would be fine with it, actually. Definitely. We kind of expect this kind of like sarcasm, to be honest. And it's definitely not seen as rude in the UK. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you will also find that people use a lot of understatements um, like that. So for example, your boss might say, oh, um, that paper that you bought is a bit expensive. Um, and that actually means very expensive. Or your boss might say, okay, we've got a little problem that we need to sort out when he actually means that there's a massive disaster going on. I think like if I were like to work in your place, uh, it would definitely like take some time for me to adjust and, you know, like get used to things uh, the way that you say. 
because it's very different. Definitely. And people use a lot of sarcasm, as you know, um, to kind of emphasise a point and to really build rapport with colleagues. So, for example, if you arrive in your office on the first day and maybe your colleague gives you a tour of the facilities, they might say, and here is the canteen where you can enjoy high quality cuisine. And obviously he's being sarcastic because, you know, probably the food shit is in most staff canteens, isn't it? Yeah, I think like it's a big difference here because the sarcasm uh, in your language probably might be very, very different from mine. And then it would take a lot of time for me to understand your sarcasm as well as you getting used to mine for example so yeah interesting to know that this is a big part of how people communicate in the uk definitely so and how about like a small talk uh in your country because in brazil there isn't usually a limit you know on what subjects people will talk about because as i have mentioned before we are very open we share everything how about that? Um, the stereotype about British people talking about the weather is totally accurate. <laughs> um, <laughs> How's really the weather? <laughs> and it's amazing how many conversations you'll have with colleagues about the weather. Um, and also often the first line of professional emails will have some kind of comment about the weather. So it may, might be, dear Hafa, I hope you're keeping well and you've managed to enjoy the lovely weather we've been having recently. Um, so yeah, get ready for the weather chat because it's real. Um, and this is the kind of small talk that we kind of make with people when we don't know them well. Um, you'll also often find that Brits talk about non-controversial kind of events. So like the Olympics, for example, obviously during the pandemic, there was a lot of chat about the pandemic because it's just like the obvious things to talk about. But um, I would say definitely if you have a meeting with a British person that you've never met before, don't expect them to tell you anything about their personal life because they won't. <laughs> yeah, but on the contrary, if you meet like somebody from Brazil, do expect somebody like to share everything. Not everything, but both things. <laughs> I think it can be really nice though in Brazil. I love that, that people are very open. Like it's a really lovely thing about the culture. And it does annoy me in my own country how indirect people are. Like it's a nightmare in like work situations sometimes because you just want to get, you know, the information that you need. And we do like skirt around the point, beat around the bush and oh, it can be a nightmare. Yeah, it's interesting. I always like to share because you're when you meet somebody, you can be like friends in a click of fingers. And then probably the person like knows you for one hour, just like met you like for one hour. And then she went or he went there and added you on Facebook. So it always happens here. Like it doesn't like matter where you were from. So, oh, I know this person. Let me add this person on Facebook. Yeah, that's a massive difference actually, because here it's not common to add people on social media that you don't know. Um, I am not a good example of this. I add everybody. <laughs> and this is something here actually, because we have everyone from the workplace we have in our social media. So we can never complain. We can never share anything that is not culturally acceptable like, when talking about like workplaces, because you know everybody will be watching you, even your manager. Yeah, and in the UK, a lot of people don't have anybody from work on social media. So don't be offended if your colleague doesn't accept your friend request because to be honest before I lived in Brazil I didn't used to have anybody from work on social media it's definitely changed me <laughs> living in Brazil but most of my colleagues are much more private so yeah don't be surprised you know one thing that uh, I also remembered now it's about achievements so what's your perception about us sharing our achievements here in Brazil because we do tend like to share a lot about like oh I got a certificate uh, I got a promotion and then you know like 
boosting our reputation. Yeah, I did notice that in Brazil that people are not afraid to kind of talk about their achievements quite openly. Um, yeah, either on you know social media or like in meetings and stuff. But it's quite an important one to mention actually about British culture because you'll often find in the UK that the idea of shouting about your successes is very uncomfortable for British people, and we'll often avoid it at all costs. Um, and we also actually find it very embarrassing to receive praise publicly. Um, so we'll often deflect it with some kind of like self-deprecating humour. And what do you mean by that? So, for example, if you were in a meeting in the UK and your manager said, I'd like to thank Haffer for the amazing work that he's done on this project. We have Haffer to thank for the success. So probably a British person would find this very embarrassing and immediately make a comment about the fact that everybody had contributed to the project. It wasn't just them. And then they'd probably make a joke about something that went wrong during the project, um, which was their fault. So basically what you're talking about that when you shout about your accomplishments can be seen a little bit of like bragging in the UK. Definitely. I think it's, um, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing, but we are definitely not encouraged to, yeah, celebrate our achievements publicly. So what I would like to say here, I think one of the reasons that Brazilians like to shout about their achievements, and this is from my perspective, okay? So it's because of the lack of job security here. So you have to shout to get noticed and keep your job, you know, like otherwise people you're not notice you. Definitely. It's definitely a difference in the just general scenario. Um, but yeah, I did notice it in Brazil. I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually think it's nice to celebrate your own successes, but it's just like a little tip for living in the UK that people might not respond to it that well. <laughs> yeah, I like sharing the things that I actually got like throughout the year. I think it's really important, like everybody knows, but I don't like sharing this with everyone. I like just to share this with my friends, you know, like look what I got. So I finished my master's or I got like an English certificate. So, but I don't like like going to LinkedIn, for example, look, I got this, this and that this year. So I got this certification or I got a promotion or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a bit of celebration. But anyway, I just wanted to ask you about timekeeping in Brazilian workplaces, because as you know, it's really important to be on time for work and meetings in the UK. And people can get very irritated and frustrated if people are late. Okay, so here it's socially acceptable that you get like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes late. So if you're having a meeting, that's okay. So if you get 20 minutes late, that's no problem at all. But when it's a really important subject, uh, please be on time, right? Otherwise, like, people will find it strange that you're coming, like, late because you know that this is really important. But that's super fine for us, actually. That's good to know. Good to know that you can arrive 15 or 20 minutes late in Brazil. That's amazing. More time to get ready, more time to sleep. Love it. <laughs> I think like when you were living here for the first times, I, I noticed uh, that you were always on time for everything. But I think like you were getting like the Brazilian approach and then you were always getting late. <laughs> Generally, though, I am quite a punctual person. <laughs> I hate people that are late. But in Brazil, obviously, I had to like relax about it because everybody's late. Uh, yeah, in the UK, generally, we do expect people to be like more or less on time. But one common misconception that I do hear is that you should be on time for social events in the UK. But this is actually not the case. Like if you're invited to a party, it is the same as in Brazil, like definitely don't arrive like bang on time. Don't be as late as you would be in Brazil. But 
definitely don't come on time and definitely do not come early because that's even ruder. <laughs> <laughs> so here's like at 6 p.m. So you arrive at 7 or 8. So that's basically the same UK? Yeah, exactly. Nice. That's definitely good to know. Because otherwise, I would probably be there like seven. So I would be there seven because British are sharp. Yeah, no, it's it's not the case. Not for parties. If somebody's cooking you dinner, definitely go at the time that they said. But if it's like a party, then yeah, arrive a bit late. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think like we talked a lot about the workplace. So let's wrap up. Yeah, I hope that that advice is useful if you ever work in the UK or Brazil. And thank you very much for listening, as always. And we will see you on the next episode. Yeah, so thank you very much. And bye. Bye.